Welcome to the Mind Your Body Podcast, episode number 17. This is your host, Jacob Andre, and today I'm talking to Living Ambassador and host of Balls and All on Mix 104.9, Jackson Clark. So if you want to know more about the Kick and the Stigma Project as part of this four-part series on men's health for November 2017, stay tuned. Hi, I'm Jacob Andre. And for over a decade, I've trained everyone from children to elite athletes to move better, feel better, and perform better. While a thorough understanding of fitness and nutrition is vital, underpinning that is mindset. And I've come to discover just how important it is. I've worked with literally thousands of people, and more often than not, it's the ones who win the mind game who succeed in the big game. So, how do they do it? This is the Mind Your Body Podcast. G'day and welcome to the show. My name is Jacob Andre and this is the Mind Your Body Podcast and today I'd like to welcome to the show Jackson Clark. How are you? I'm very good, Jacob. Smooth opening too. (laughs) If you stuff that up, do you always rewind it and start it again or do you just go with it? Yeah, well you never know because I can post edit it. So No, I've never actually had to edit it again. Every time I've done it, I've always just... Just a subtle brag there. Yeah, yeah, it's just always just straight, clean... Although when I do the, the blog podcast, they're usually not so schmick and I have to do them over and over and that's really frustrating. <laughs> I feel your pain, Jacob. I know how it is. So, well, you said you feel my pain. Um, tell everyone, how do you feel my pain? It's obviously through the radio. I was trying to create a segue yeah. there. <laughs> no, no, I just didn't want to just start going into a <laughs> tangent bragging. talking about myself. But yeah, well, actually, course. I'm on radio. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know how to start without being awkward. So poor, <laughs> poor segue there, Jacob. But of course, uh, yes, we do have our own little radio show, Balls and All, on Mix 104.9. The ratings have gone up over the last year. So the last time the ratings were checked, it must be the inclusion of yourself as well as Cliff <laughs> and Kieran Davis as well. So... Yeah, is that's that, obviously a lot of fun. Is that true? Do they actually check the ratings? Yeah, well, they have the surveys. So they do the surveys where they survey what people watch on Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings and, of course, where the weekend time slot. So it's kind of indirect. It didn't directly say that balls and all are going up, but it says that more people are tuning into Mix 104.9 in Saturday and Sunday mornings now. So hopefully, indirectly, that's uh, something that we've contributed to. But, yeah, balls and all, obviously, just a sports program on Mix 104.9 that's been going for... 14 or 15 months now and uh, obviously I'm going to put in a good word for it clearly because it's the show that I am on but I think it's a really good show really good listen you won't get a better uh, analysis on what's going on in football in the Northern Territory of course with yourself and Kieran there as well so yeah it's, yeah. uh, it's something that I enjoy doing that radio side of things and obviously broader journalism as well with my football page and a lot of different uh, times that I've written freelance before and stuff like that but it's all just a bit of fun it's nothing too serious so let's just go back then to a a younger jackson and i want to know what it is that your you know real thing that you want to start striving towards in the long term or what is it that you're more interested in whether it's uh writing or is it speaking on radio and then of course we'll get into what today's topic is all about which is Mm -hmm. mental health this is the second in a four-part series uh, on men's health for November and uh, before we get into that though and your project you participated in or you kind of ran I just want to know what, how did you kind of get into all this stuff because I know as your teacher back in high school um, you're really good at writing and you really liked sports journalism yeah so that's always what it's been Jacob I was pretty realistic about my own footballing and that sort of stuff and um, I mean, I scraped into a few junior Northern Territory sides here and there. That was that was the biggest accomplishment I thought that I was able to achieve. And uh, so everyone talks about during those teenage years when everyone starts working out what they're doing for the rest of their life uh, and trying to decide on a career and how they're going in school and stuff like that. Naturally, writing and journalism and reporting and stuff like that, those kind of assignments came very naturally to me. Um, it seemed very effortless, a lot of those English tasks that we've done and that sort of was even easier as you mentioned when we did a sports related writing topic like whether it be a health class or some investigation that we had to do in PE class um, so it was naturally there that you would combine the two and go into a sports journalism industry and I thought if I could report on the game and um, and not so much report the news as well but offer my opinion and and uh, and see what other people have to say about it and just create like an almost like a bit of a community uh, an unofficial community which I feel as I've done with my anti-football 
Facebook and Instagram pages. And so that was basically the start of it. That was when I was about 17 or 18 that I started putting a lot of work into social media and stuff like that. Maybe a little bit older, 18 or 19. But since I was 14, I've been writing uh, wherever I can get the chance, basically freelance uh, opportunities with the Darwin Sun and Palmerston Sun. That was when I was 14 or 15 and writing as well for the NTFL program and the the TIFA, the old TIFA program, Top End Australian Football Association, when that was going. So that was my first real opportunity, I suppose. And uh, I found it easy. I found it enjoyable. And as a 14 or 15-year-old, I got a bit of a kick when people would say, oh, I read your article in the paper and stuff like that. So that just led on to bigger things, I suppose. And uh, now I'm doing my football page, my radio gig, and whatever other freelance opportunities that I can get. Yeah, I remember reading some of... um your articles in the Darwin Sun and uh, is actually one of the ones I enjoy reading the most because <laughs> more so than any of the other um, journalists out there that maybe wrote for some of the bigger newspapers mm. I, I found that was probably the most insightful and most interesting um, and it's funny because now I kind of think of that with Kieran in yeah. a way who's 17 he's on balls and all as well and you kind of read some of his stuff and it reminds me of some of your younger day stuff yeah um, oh well, of course Jacob Kieran and I obviously aren't afraid unlike some other journalists to talk about the big things on balls and all so tune in every Sunday whether you're in Darwin or interstate or international balls and all the best sports program in Darwin of course because you can tune in online at mix1049.com am I promoting the show enough and trying it every opportunity <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well so let's go into that so how did this opportunity come up because I know that Cliff and I Cliff's been Cliff McDonald has been a guest on this podcast um, previously he's a friend of mine who I met um, working in a gym and we then started doing these Facebook Live videos. We asked you to come on. I think the Facebook Live you were on, we spoke for like three hours. It yeah, I still remember that couch. Ridiculous. It was a one-man couch with three of us. <laughs> and then you, you said, look, boys, I can't say anything publicly, but there's this opportunity which might come up. And, um, and it was this opportunity on Mix 104.9. So how did you approach them or did they approach you? How did that all come about? Honestly, it was weird, Jacob. I'm not a word of lie. It was law of attraction type stuff. I thought I wanted to do it, and then I just had a picture in my head that I was going to be on the radio by the end of the year, and then I think like within a week or two, that happened. That's really, really all it was, to be honest with you. Um, it wasn't something I campaigned super hard for. I know Katie Wolf's been a huge help, so she has a show, 360, which is on uh, weekday mornings, and it's, in my opinion, the best show in the Northern Territory. Uh, regarding her talent and the way that she can get good guests in and ask the serious questions because journalism isn't just about asking any questions it's about asking the right questions and there's no better uh person or what she does than katie wolf in the northern territory in my opinion and she got me on a couple of times uh while i was just doing my football page and asked about ntfl stuff and we had a quick chat about the upcoming weekend or perhaps a a recap if it was on a monday and basically she gave me the heads up that there could be an opportunity and one thing led to another and I took over from Ed Cowshaw who's now doing some great things in Melbourne at the moment with SEN so yeah it was it all fell into place really to be honest with you I mean uh, I've contacted media outlets before whether it be the NT News or the AFLNT itself Uh, I think I've probably contacted nearly every media outlet at some point offering my services and saying hey there's any opportunity uh, to work and do some stuff then I'd be keen and I'm imagining I can't remember the top of my head but I'm imagining I've expressed that interest before to Mix 104.9 before I was given the gig and then I was called in for a meeting and one thing led to another and they offered me my own show on Sunday morning so um, yeah that's basically the story of my journalism to be honest with you I like doing the social media stuff and we've got a huge engagement but um, you know as I sort of go further into my 20s and turn 24 now so I like trying to look at ways I can monetize my, uh, I wouldn't say talents, but my interests, which are writing and covering football and offering up different opinions and stuff like that. So very thankful for the opportunity that Mix 104.9 has given me. And uh, hopefully I've repaid them so far in regards to the direction of the show and, and it'll only get bigger and better. Yeah. Being the Mind Your Body podcast, I find that really, really interesting. And I want to go down that wormhole a little bit of what you said in regards to it was just... You, you pictured it, you visualized it, and within a week, the opportunity mm. came came out. So I really like the idea of putting things out to the universe and seeing how they come back to you. Was that something that you actually consciously did? Did you think to yourself, I'm going to fo- mm. picture myself doing this? Yeah, or- pretty well. So it was around the time I read an article by David Armitage 
talking. No, sorry, not David Armitage. It was shit. We might have to edit this out. Maverick <laughs> Weller. That's yeah. it. Definitely Maverick yeah, that, Weller. Yeah. yeah, he was talking about uh, law of attraction, visualizing, and meditation, and basically all of the off-field stuff that's helped his football and the mental stuff and the mind game. And that's one of my big unknown interests in life. I could almost create my own football page um, regarding. Uh, the way we can maximize ourselves mentally and uh, and stuff like that and I love looking at the psychology of uh, mixed martial arts and that and boxing and mixed martial arts are now probably my favorite sports going around like I'm sure at heart I'm footy and that's where all my knowledge is and I love playing it but I'm just so fascinated and intrigued by fighters and the sport of professional fighting whether it be boxing and mixed martial arts and a huge part of that is the mental game and I suppose it was probably the emergence of someone like Conor McGregor and those really outspoken figures that are outspoken about things like the law of attraction and stuff like that. And um, I feel as though there's a massive misconception regarding the law of attraction uh, because of books like The Secret and stuff like that, which people criticize a lot, but they do have their good points. It is an introduction, I suppose, into law of attraction, but it's something that um, I've been trying to focus and discover and I still do. So that's a year and a half ago now and I'm, I'd read anything regarding ways you can optimize and maximize your mental capacity and stuff like that regard like for performance in sport for performance in life and business as well so that's something that's a huge interest of mine and as i mentioned it was around the same time that weller uh came public with all of that stuff so i thought well why not i'll try it and i was just writing down on a little bit of paper um a couple of different goals and one of those was that i'll increase my journalism um stuff like that and and without going into details the goal was bigger than and it wasn't as specific as I'll have my own radio show on Mix 104.9 but it was definitely something that I thought about would be the natural progression from what I was doing it was having my own radio show and and it all happened eerily quickly that's funny because so I don't know if I've meant um, talked about this story on the podcast before but I've definitely spoken about it before with people um, privately and I was listening to a, a different podcast, probably my favorite podcast to listen to outside of my own. I don't usually sit down and listen to my own podcast. I'm but say. <laughs> I, but the, my favorite one to listen to is one by James Wedmore, who's a um, US entrepreneur and he's all into you know YouTube marketing and stuff like that. Anyway, he's more into sort of business development stuff now and he's got this podcast and it's actually, people say that... Um, imitation is the greatest form of flattery his podcast is called the mind your business podcast and oh, that's wow. so i've actually named I'm my drawing podcast a link there after his and if you listen to his you'll see a very very strong correlation between the intro and the outro <laughs> in, the, in what i say and how i say it um so go and check that one out but in there there was an episode i don't know what episode it was he was talking about the law of attraction and putting stuff out there into the universe and um it comes back to you so anyway, one day I was driving and at the time I was getting frustrated about not having any savings and um, this was a part of a big goal which my goal at the end of last year was to save $10,000 and come probably like August, September, I hadn't um, been able, I, I achieved nothing of it mm. and uh, so I thought to myself, all right, bug this, I'd had enough, so I had the shits and I went, nah, that's it, I'm going to you know what, I was out driving, you know what, when I get home, if this is so true, there's going to be $100 sitting in my letterbox, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, prove to me wrong, prove yeah. to, but, but I knew that I had to believe it, I couldn't just mm. go out cynical and go, no, it's not going to happen, and so I started really seriously focusing about what it looked like, opening the letterbox, pulling $100 out, and, um, and you know, like, that they're like believing that there would actually be a hundred dollars in my letterbox, so I get home, and I got it, actually got nervous, <laughs> got out of the car, walked over to the letterbox, and I was bit nervous and there was a couple letters in there so I pulled them out oh no bloody hundred dollars you know that's crap anyway there was two letters which were the same and they were both they were addressed to um to to me Mm. and to me and Holly my partner and uh, I opened them up and each one of them was a fifty dollar school school voucher a sport voucher and um like I couldn't believe it I'd freaking like nearly like did backflips i was like there's actually a hundred dollars in my letterbox you can look at it however you like you can say no no that was just a voucher that's not a hundred dollars um it's 250 you can even go you know it wasn't a hundred dollar note that was 250s you know but it added up to 50 dollars. there was two of them and whether you want to believe it or not that's a hundred dollars which I've been given. I can go and use that. That's a hundred dollars which I'm not spending. Mm. So I chose to see it for what it was. And I think when you put stuff out into the universe, you have to be open to how it will show up. You cannot say I'm going. This is what I'm going to get a hundred dollars, 
and then say this is how it's going to shop and and be completely closed to how it will show up mm. because it will show up in the way it shows up. I think it's beneficial to be specific with how you want it to show up because sometimes if you're not specific, I just said there was going to be a hundred bucks. Um, I wasn't specific and thought, you know, that it would actually, I didn't go into a lot of detail and be, it was a hundred dollar note or whatever it would be from this person or it would be used for this or whatever. Um, but I think you can be specific like that, but you still do need to keep an open mind to how it will show up. And often things show up continuously to people, but if they're not keeping their mind open to those things showing up, then they dismiss them and it's very easy to have things show up multiple times and then not actually recognise and go, mm. oh, stupid bloody thing, that didn't show up. That Jacob's talking a load of crap. There's yeah. no such thing as law of attraction. I think it's really interesting with the law of attraction. Like, There's so many different ways that you can interpret it and I'm still going through my own self-discovery at the moment now where basically not everything that I've tried to uh, materialize has happened I suppose but I feel as though I'm in a good place at the moment where if it happens it happens sort of thing and, I, and that's the attitude they recommend sometimes I don't I'm not skeptical I do believe whether you like it or not the law of attraction in some form exists uh, and I notice it more than anything when it's a negative thing so sometimes I've been driving before I think I might have messaged you as well one time I was driving in Melbourne and it was about I always just thought well you know what I'm probably going to get lost here and I just thought that in my head I thought I might get lost here and even though I I shouldn't have I'm not familiar driving around Melbourne and that sort of stuff but I remembered the route pretty easily and then on the way back when I realised no I know where I'm going there was a detour and stuff like that (laughs) and it's stuff like that that makes me think "All right, there's something to the law of attraction and that might be um, not just regarding that stuff, but it might be football selection and something like that. And, um, and it doesn't have to be a supernatural property. It might just be like if you're thinking that you might not uh, make the side that week, then subconsciously you might not give 100% effort at training and, and a big flow on effect. So I think it's really interesting. It's something we could probably talk about for hours and hours really. But um, right at the moment now, I'm trying to go through that own self-discovery to work out how the law of attraction exactly works, how I can get it to work to my advantage and so on and so forth. But at the moment, I'm just a sponge trying to read everything that I possibly can about it. So what have you read then? Do you remember any of the book titles? Yeah, most of them. So uh, the grandfather of it all probably is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. That's uh, indirectly regarding the law of attraction. I've read The Secret. I've read a lot of stuff from uh, Jack Canfield. Um who has the success principles and a whole lot of other books like that. Um, and I find as though there's a common a common link. So it's not so much just in the literature that I've read, and there's, the list goes on. It's hard off the top of my head to say, but I've probably read 10 to 15 plus books regarding the law of attraction and, and, um, and how to optimize your performance with your brain power and stuff like that. Um, but I like to focus on athletes as well, and, and without naming names, but even locally, the people that I know... Um, that as teenagers were delusional about their football. So the ones that were 15 and 16 and not that good of footballers, but those ones that were still playing, saying, I'm going to make AFL, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Maybe they didn't make AFL, but they turned out a lot better footballers than than the rest of us who were realistic. And uh, I think there was a study in America too that athletes that are delusional about their own performances, so they think they're going to do a lot better than they've ever done before, perform better than athletes that are either realistic or or underconfident. So the underconfident one's not easy. It's obvious to... um, to work out why a confident athlete would perform better than an underconfident athlete, but those that are overconfident perform better than athletes that are realistic, that talk about what they've done in the past and know stuff like that. So that's interesting. Uh, I keep going back to Conor McGregor, but I think people overlook Conor McGregor's achievements. Those that don't have a true grasp of mixed martial arts don't understand how far back he came from. This would be like a sample player being interviewed about to get drafted and him saying well you know what not only am I going to get drafted I'm going to win the Brownlow next year and you watch it'll happen you watch and then everyone being like alright this guy's crazy and then him going up and saying before he's lining up against Patrick Dangerfield Dangerfield's not going to get a kick on me he's going to have 10 disposals I'm going to get 40 and then he goes out and does it that's kind of what I think Conor McGregor's achievements are like so far um, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it but in detail he knocked out Jose Aldo in 13 seconds who hadn't lost in 11 years he knocked out, um, he beat Chad Mendes, who was supposed to be his kryptonite as a massive wrestler as opposed to Connor's stand-up style. So, uh, yeah, the list goes on. If anyone wants to talk about it in detail, I'm 
happy anytime, but it's, it's absolutely crazy. No, happy to go into detail. It's funny because I was just about, I knew you liked Conor McGregor and I know you like MMA. So I was about to ask you about Conor McGregor and what you thought about whether he was using law of attraction. So you went down yeah. there anyway. Yeah, well, exactly. And, and it's not just Conor McGregor. It's a lot of athletes now. So clearly he's got the blueprint and that's how successful he is. So now it's interesting watching those athletes coming through that are trying to imitate Conor McGregor. And it's just working. Player, uh, athletes that are ranked 20 or 30th in the world are coming out and making headlines for talking like Conor McGregor and saying they're going to be a world champion, saying this, saying that. And hey, maybe some of them have fallen short, but they're doing a lot better than, um, than what you would expect. So um, yeah, that's one thing that I've noticed. Overconfidence in sporting achievement, overconfidence in athletes leads to better performances. It's just annoying. So I don't want to <laughs> take that step. I don't want to go out now and say, you know what, Jacob, I'm going to win the Nichols medal. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get 40 touches. I think you should. Because you go through a little brief period where everyone thinks you're crazy. I think that's how the law of attraction works. <laughs> well, everyone it, thinks they're crazy. Yeah. Greg, what about the big baller brand family? Who's exactly, that? yeah. What's, so, their, what's their name? Uh, LeVar Ball's the father, and he's got three sons, Lonzo, yeah. Lamelo, and Leangelo. Um, so... Everyone thinks they're all crazy. Yeah. So I think... I think that's how the law of attraction works, Jacob. There's a moment there where you're crazy and people are saying, look, you're an idiot, you're overconfident, you're over-arrogant, whatever, and then it happens and people be quiet. But it's hard taking that leap of faith because, um, yeah, I suppose that's still the lingering doubt. Do you think there's anyone out there who... Because the people we're talking about are the people who who have gone and gone and acted crazy and said Mm. they're going to do these crazy things and put it out there and they're using the law of attraction and they're you know overconfident you could even say arrogant in some circles but you know is that we're only seeing the people who actually did go on Mm. and succeed and what about the tens of thousands that Mm. didn't you know like do you think what about what about that yeah and and that is where i'm coming from here Mm. i mean i feel as though there's a way to be confident and believe these things and have the law of attraction work for you without following the steps that McGregor and those other guys do because McGregor's in an industry where the more headlines and media attention he receives, the better it's going to be for his fighting opportunity in regards to drawing numbers in and therefore making money and becoming a bigger draw, getting bigger fights, etc., etc. Um, so, of course, there's people that have tried the law of attraction and just look like arrogant douches, really, when it hasn't worked for them. So, uh, yeah, it's a crazy thing, and that's what I'm talking about, Jacob. This is a whole self-discovery where I'm reading books and trying to work out how other people have done stuff Um, and at the same time it must be said that the law of attraction in my opinion isn't some mythical device where I could just say all right I'm going to go out and make the AFL and then I sit back on my couch and say no it's already happened that's the law of attraction you know I know one of the main things with law of attraction is to take action so uh, I feel as though a lot of people in AFL and other sports uh, doing the right things because the sports science has come a long way. Physios have advanced and our training systems are getting better and better in what physically makes a good athlete or a good uh, whatever it might be in sport. But it's the mind that is that extra, probably 60 to 70% as, as much of um, you know the overall performance. So if you can do right things physically and you're training hard, working hard, I think the mind can unlock a lot of secret sort of doors. Yeah, certainly. And even in terms of health, you know, like there's another podcast I was listening to, a guy was talking about how preventative medicine can actually lead to um, having those those actual diseases and so how breast cancer in women is up by like 11,000% or whatever it is like a massive amount and because now there's all this like you know check your your breast for breast cancer Mm. say for example and you know like so people are going out looking for it and when you go looking for things you just you create them exactly and so now there's there's this whole field this whole industry which is developing now looking into this it's been around for a long time but um, you know, people were saying that this sort of stuff, when you're looking for something, it actually, it shows up physically mm. in your mm. body. So whether it is a sporting performance or health, it's... And conversely, that's like the whole premise of the placebo effect. So when doctors give a placebo tablet and they do these studies and say that patients that took a placebo improve better than patients that took the cure or patients that didn't take any tablets at all, it's the mind doing things. So the mind believing that it's going to get better because they're taking a tablet and then the body following. So, I mean, that there for me is concrete evidence that the law of attraction exists in some form. Uh, it's just it's just hard to be a follower and believer of the law of attraction and to express your views without seeing like one of those 
um, those dreamers. I've had a lot of people that talk about the law of attraction and the mental side of things and all they do is they watch The Secret or they look up a couple of little articles and they feel as though they're enlightened and they go around saying, you watch, watch me in a year, do this and that. Then they don't take action, they don't do that. So that's the last thing I want to come across as doing. I think it's a yeah. super, super interesting concept, but at the same time, nothing comes without working hard, working smart and, uh, and, and following it the conventional way as well. Well, I think that's like a famous story in that where saying it's important that you take action. If you just sit there and think about a red Ferrari in your driveway mm. and then don't go to work and you don't do anything, you sit on your couch watching TV all day, you, you might be extremely lucky yeah. and win the lotto or something and go and buy. But what people who believe in that law of attraction stuff say is that it's not just going to miraculously just form out of material, mm. like become material from some abstract concept. It, you have to go out and do something about it. And mm. by going and doing something about it, the more you do stuff about it at the same time, like you're saying, take action. The way I've explained it to my mates that have asked about law of attraction and well, how come it's real? Uh, I see it as like, you know, when you hear a, your name, from out of a crowd, mm. and you can hear that very clearly as opposed to the rest of the sentence. But you, if someone was like, oh, 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 Jacob Andre, you would hear that bit. Yeah. It's a bit like when you learn a new word. If I'm learning discombobulated or something like that, that word just sticks out when you hear it again recently after you've learned it. And that's how I see the law of attraction is if you have your goal and you're constantly um, manifesting it, I suppose, and, and affirmations and repeating it, it, uh, it makes it easier to find but I'm not going to mention the guy's name but there was an NTFL footballer that I've spoken to as well someone you know very well uh, you might even be able to guess it but he uh, used the law of attraction extensively during uh, during an NTFL season he had a year or two ago and, and he swears by it even to very specific details and, and he's he, his life and football went up so much that year and that was when I started thinking yep hang on you know that, that could be something there was one that came to mind and then the second one came to mind straight after I reckon I know who it was um, but so we'll go back to Mav Weller then. So he's a famous AFL footballer. He, he what club is he at now? St Kilda. He's still it's his brother that was gone back to yeah, the Gold Coast. Correct. So he there was I remember seeing a big article. You might have shown told me to check it out in the some Melbourne newspaper mm. about him meditating. And it's funny because I I know I'm putting the pieces together now behind the scenes. Going yeah, that's right. Jackson's always asking me about meditation on the podcast. And mm. I remember one of the first um, topics you asked me to talk about was you know, the mental side of sports like MMA and boxing and, um, and mental toughness and, you know, like things like that as well. But um, meditation is something you always ask me about. That's something that Mavuela has come out and said, you know, he benefits. Are you doing the meditation and what other things are you doing? Mm. So, <clears throat> yeah, at the moment, it's just experimentation for me. So uh, I try and do stuff like goal setting where you write down a specific goal or a specific uh, affirmation I suppose repeat it and uh, there's a guy I'm not too sure exactly what his name is he's created the Dilbert cartoon which I've never really heard of but <laughs> the Dilbert yeah, cartoon is exactly anyway he's <laughs> well renowned in America for whatever reason I think it's Dilbert I hope it's Dilbert <laughs> but he did this affirmation where he basically is and this is why this is what convinced me the most so he's not one of the you know how there's law of attraction guys and they sell five different books about law of attraction or five different audio tapes this guy he doesn't care about the law of attraction and profiting from it he was just like hey it works I'm not saying that it's good or bad or I'm trying to profit or buy this and I'll show you how he just said I'm using it it works all the time literally for everything that I'm trying to do so that's what made me uh, because something when someone's not trying to sell you anything carries about 10 times more weight than if you read it in a book about the law of attraction because clearly there's a, there's a biased agenda there so that was what made me refresh it again and that was only a couple of weeks ago uh, I think that book was from Tools of Titans from Tim Ferriss, someone who you would yeah. have heard of. So interesting stuff there. But um, I've tried to start writing things down and sometimes if I have a bit of quiet moment, like at um, if I'm in my car going somewhere, I might just repeat it in my head. Nothing too crazy. But uh, it, it's, it's just a quiet confidence at the moment where you, you have your goals in mind and, and just try and tick them off. Regarding meditation and stuff like that, it's, it's something that I've tried uh, and I'm not saying it, it didn't work or anything like that. Like it, it definitely did work, um, but uh, it, it is difficult no matter what you say. I'm not going to say that I'm too busy to not spend 20 minutes a day meditating because I'm definitely not too busy, but for whatever reason, it's hard to keep up with that schedule and I'd rather do something less regularly as opposed to 
um, doing three days a week, 20 minutes, one day a week, 20 minutes, five days a week, 20 minutes, and having it really disjointed like that. But I definitely got um, a lot of benefits from meditation. And at the same time, uh, it's interesting when you hear about it. It's always the common denominator when you hear about successful stories or you hear about athletes that are going well doing this and doing that. They always seem to go back to meditation. So there's that. There's um, uh, sometimes... I was doing it a fair bit in preseason with the meditation stuff and I was doing more of it. I'd do like mini meditations while playing footy where basically I'd just take about five or six really deep breaths in and out, ask myself, where am I? You know, I'm at the footy, I'm at training, I'm training, what am I doing? What actually am I doing? I'm doing this drill, what do I want to get out of it? As opposed to just going through the motions and, and rocking up and just doing it because it's easy to go through the motions and, and not look stupid and do this and that. But I found a lot of time when I'm playing footy, whether it's training or football, um, you know, and I talk like I'm some big football or anything like that, just an average local player. But I noticed um, that a lot of the things that you do in life, whether it be footy or work or business or planning, whatever it might be, you do it in autopilot. And it's when you start challenging why you're thinking a certain way or why am I going into this contest thinking this is what I want to get out of it. When you start challenging the beliefs that you always have about certain things, that's when you can start to um, make breakthroughs and go forward. That's really, really insightful. That's... Uh... <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed actually Thanks, that you go and you do that that's really good because not like you said not a lot of people would do that so mm. to actually be that self-aware to pull yourself out and go I'll tell you off camera I'll tell you off microphone a little bit later more specifically about a couple of things definitely not ready for on on, <laughs> on microphone at the moment on the record but I'll tell you off camera well so you've talked about your footy career you like you tried to talk yourself down and said I'm just an average local player so you're playing in the top level in um, the competition in Darwin which is a pretty handy competition um, but you also went and played football in every single different state and territory within 12 months mm. and as far as we know it's the first person that's ever done that mm-hmm. um, so congratulations well done on doing that um, so there was I'm sure there was a bit of like good feeling around being able to play a game of footy mm. in every state and territory but there was a purpose behind it tell us about that yeah so with all the media stuff that I've been doing over the last, gee, it's been about 10 years now, crazily enough, uh, a guy named Alistair Mitchell, who is an ambassador for the Livin program, messaged me and said, hey, with the profile that you've created for yourself in the Northern Territory, would you like to jump on board as an ambassador? And basically the reason why he contacted me was because a year prior to that, I had an idea to do sort of team up with Beyond Blue and do a mental health advertisement for the NTFL um, I, I feel as though that the NTFL itself and different charities up here could do a lot more for mental health in the Northern Territory. So the reason why I did that was because uh, I look at a bloke like Charlie King for inspiration who's doing some great work with domestic violence and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, with that tooting my own horn, I had a really good following online and I felt, hey, it's all well and good providing football updates, but if I could just do 5% of my content or 2% of my content uh, aligning myself with an issue in society that I feel pretty strongly about, um, then then that'll help hopefully someone out there. And, and at the end of the day, with something as delicate as mental health or suicide, if it helps one person, that literally could be a saved life. So I think it's worth it, um, you know, worth the time and effort in that regard. But Alistair Mitchell offered me to be an ambassador for Livin, and of course I accepted it. You know, why wouldn't you? And and he was great. He's helped me out quite a bit with all that stuff. Uh, and basically along the lines there, I thought, well, as an ambassador for a mental health charity, now that's an official role, what can I do to make an impact? And part of that was um, playing a game of football in each state or territory while talking to football clubs uh, about mental health and that sort of stuff and having it as an informal type setup in the change rooms after a game or after training. So um, that was the original idea, I suppose, and then, then it went really well. Funny you mentioned Alistair Mitchell because he's going to be the guest on the podcast next week. Oh, right. Um, so, and of course, yeah, he is an ambassador for Livin as well. So he's in charge of it all up here, yeah. isn't he? Yes. Um, so for, we'll go back and just give us a quick recap on what, um, or explain what Livin actually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Livin was set up by two guys on the Gold Coast and they are excellent people as well. Um, they're younger more hip I suppose mental health charity and people might think that's a weird thing to say but they have a lot of fairly good designed uh, apparel and the whole idea is about awareness and getting the message out there to younger people as opposed to I suppose some of the other mental health organisations out there that try and cover everything as a very broad market 
Um, the reason why I felt mental health was so important up in the Northern Territory is because if you look at the suicide rates and mental health rates for Indigenous people, it's just so much higher than non-Indigenous people. And if you look at the Indigenous participation in football in the Northern Territory and probably the Indigenous uh, percentage that follow my football page online, it's probably much higher than the, uh, the average national standard or whatever, how you could call it. So I thought if I could influence a lot of people there, um, then that'd be a positive. And, and also I've worked at primary schools before as, uh, as an ISA and stuff like that while I was studying teaching. And I've had children come at me before and they clearly look like they're suffering from mental health issues and, and manifest differently in 11 and 10 year old kids because they're not saying that they want to kill themselves but they've just got no joy in life. They're not interested in what they're doing on the weekend. They don't care about what they're doing at home. They don't have any of that close relationships or an outlet to talk to certain people. So a part of the stuff that I did with my Beyond Blue advertisement and with the living stuff is involving kids as well and, uh, and letting you know, teenagers in, uh, specifically, but also down to preteens, 10, 11, 12-year-olds, that you know, I suppose the living mantra was it ain't weak to speak, but that is the premise of it all really, that if you're struggling with a mental health concern, there's probably 10 people beside you that you interact with every single day that are doing the same as you and, and it's just like a big circle where you're not speaking about it, your friends aren't speaking about it because there's some supposed stigma that no one wants to mention or talk about um, and, and that's what's holding people back from getting the help and, and it's like a big tunnel where uh, you dig yourself further in the more you internalise your thoughts and the more you let it sit in your head and, you, and you're not thinking straight. It's not a rational thing. Everyone always talks about when someone commits suicide if they're famous or rich. Well, oh, why did he do that? He's got millions of dollars in the bank or he's got a career or a family. People that suffer from bad depression or other, another mental illness, they're not thinking logically. They, don't, they can't process these thoughts and say, hey, um, you know, look what I've got as opposed, it, it is the whole focus on what you haven't got when you're suffering from stuff like that because otherwise there should be no suicides in any third world country because we've all got drinking water, a place to live and stuff like that. So anyone that, um, you know, is in a semi-fortunate position because they live in a, just an average size house and have an average income when they complain about actors committing suicide, you know, or if anyone's going to commit suicide, it'd be me. Look what I've got, look what they've got. That everyone that lives in Darwin, every, any single person that has the ability to listen to this podcast sh- should never ever question why someone commits suicide You know, if they see themselves as someone who could because everyone has it worse than us. There's always people that have it worse than us out there. So um, it wouldn't matter to me if someone who looked like they had every single thing going for them in their life, if they were AFL superstars with women hanging off them and money and all that stuff, if they came to me and said, oh, look, I've got a mental illness and this goes to other people listening, if someone comes to you and says they have a mental illness just just back them in just say okay what can i do to help how can we help what's wrong stuff like that never ever make a judgment and say well i think he's faking it or i think he's putting it on and i'm not saying that there hasn't been people that have used mental illness as an excuse before to get out of um whether it be public backlash or trouble or in the law and stuff like that but it's just such a dangerous precedent to be sitting here and looking at people and trying to judge whether they've got mental illness or not yeah, and I think one of the things with mental illness is it's really easy to, to just not talk and think, no, I'll be right, I'll be right, mm. particularly in blokes, I reckon, mm. where you know, got, a lot of blokes have got a bit of a bulletproof mentality where they just think, no, I'll be good. Like that, so they might, it might not even be a lot. People, I hear people talk in mental health circles with men's health about, oh, it's, you know, it's, they men see it as weak to speak mm. sometimes I don't even there's times as well I think where men don't see it as weak to speak but they just don't want to speak about it mm. um, you know it's it's not that they're scared of what people will think of them they, they think that they can just do it on their own mm. um, and I think in a lot of cases they can do it on their own mm. but it's also important <laughs> and it's hard to recognise when you're not coping on yeah. your own you know or and having those I feel very thankful to have some very very strong networks around me you know mm. family um, and friends and, and I feel like I've got probably five or six mates that I could go to for anything um, and I would just choose which mate I wanted to go mm. to for that issue yeah. you know um, I did it as recent as this year I went to um, I went to one I chose one mate to go to because I wanted to speak about something which mm. you know a lot of blokes I think probably wouldn't speak about but um, so I feel very thankful but I've, there's also been times where I haven't wanted to speak to anyone and mm. I've been in a dark place Jacob I think it's one of those things where 
it's not a one set way help someone. So some people might find it great to talk to friends about an issue like this. Others might find it easier to internalize it within themselves and get themselves out of the rut or whatever. And that's fine. I think either way is fine. One advantage of talking to friends is that friends in general society act as a barometer to normalcy, in my opinion. And what I mean by that is if you're not talking to anyone about your mental health and you're internalizing it all, suddenly... um, feeling miserable becomes your new normal and that's fine suddenly if you're one of those people that um thinks about suicide every day suddenly you might think that that is fine you might think hey i think about suicide and killing myself all the time but i'm not going to actually do it but you're still behind the base level enjoyment in life as everyone else so sometimes those people without talking to your friends you might there might be people in society that are walking around now and every day they're battling with their mind hey do I want to kill myself? Do I want to be here? Do I have any long-term ambitions and stuff like that? And and they might feel as though they're on top of their depression because they're still alive and, and in a way they're right. But at the same time, talking to friends helps you get back to that baseline of, of happiness, I suppose, or general well-being as what, what you should be without suffering from depression or anxiety. Yeah, and I think this is where I think prevention is, is better. And what I mean by prevention is, you know, like, most I would I would think that everyone's got one person someone you could go to even if you don't consider them as close but mm. someone that you go to just if you can start opening those lines of communication now when everything's feeling fine if everything is feeling fine like that's that's a that's a place to start don't wait until nothing, things aren't feeling fine and then go oh who am I going to talk to mm. like if you've got that network of friends and this is why I say I feel grateful for having my network because I've, I've gone out and I've, I've made sure I've put the effort into those mm. like some of my friends have been best mates since primary school and we don't talk you know like there'll probably be weeks possibly even months where I don't talk to some of them mm. but I know we know that we could go to them you know like and me- message or call and say what have you been up to mm. and pick up where we left off and I think it's important to put the effort into those relationships those friendships that you had in primary school or, mm. or high school or after school like it might be in work you know, and and if you've lost them, just pick up the phone or jump on Facebook and send a message and just go. You'll yeah. poke on Facebook or wave or whatever. But, they you might know, get send, the wrong idea if yeah, it's a poke. Message, message <laughs> them and just say, "Wait, what's been going on?" You know, yeah. I saw such and such recently, and it made me think of you, or whatever it might be. And as an extension of that, if you're the person that someone goes to for advice or to just to chat and vent their feelings, you're suddenly one of the most important people in the world to that person because. It is a fine line, it's a slippery slope from what I gather um, when people share their experiences with me about mental illness and suicide and stuff like that, that literally just a a bad day could be the difference between life and death for some people. I have no doubt that some guys uh, or or girls in the past that have committed suicide may have been just starting to get on top or starting to see some optimism in their life and then they may have been fired from a job or, hey, their football team might have lost. It sounds silly, but sometimes they're just on that slippery slope of of enjoyment in life and... um, and things that are not catastrophic events can have catastrophic implications on that person. And uh, I feel as though the first thing to go if you're suffering from depression and anxiety is normally your, um, your resilience and your lack of being able to cope from the natural day-to-day good and bad things in life. The good things, and this is probably more of a bipolar type thing, but the good things can seem like amazing. The bad things can seem almost... Uh, worthy of being suicidal regarding so if someone ever talks to you even if they just drop little hints and says stuff like you know what I have, I've been feeling real down lately uh, you know you've got to listen to that person and help them out as much as you can and, and that might be as simple as just uh, looking up to see what the relevant professionals say about it because it's always dangerous too to give advice when you're not a professional so um, but, but never just to completely ignore that person under any circumstances yeah so how did that trip end up turning out? So you would have talked about all this sort of stuff as you're traveling around. I know after your, your games in each place, you ended up getting, being able to jump up on stage and speak mm. to the group. What was that like? Yeah, so it was really good. It was tough from a football sense of uh, point of view because I played those games back to back to back to back as well. So there was no... Uh, I was There's a June 30 cutoff date where you can't transfer from any other uh, you know state league or whatever, country league club after that point so I had to make sure that my eight games were in very short proximity so I went back to back to back all, all eight and uh, that was really good so the football clubs uh, spanned from I suppose lower level country leagues I played in AFL North Coast for the Coffs Breakers and that was a developing area where 
uh, football clubs, I suppose, are still developing. It's a rugby-oriented uh, state. But then I also played in AFL Geelong, which is the best league in Victoria, the Geelong Football League. So that's probably the best country league outside of um, the best league in Victoria outside of the VFL. So there's a massive difference in standard between some of the games, and that, that's what found it tricky because it's such a weird thing when you play football for a football team you've got a decent idea about how to prepare for each game where I had no idea what my position was what standard the league was going to be what position I'd play in what my teammates names were what the coaches names were what my rotation was so all the football aspect was it was kind of fun it was like a big challenge it was like well what's what's going to happen today you know and and that was kind of cool Um, regarding what I was doing with the mental health stuff I had zero bad experiences every football club was absolutely amazing I think nearly one person from each team come up to me after and said, you know, thank you heaps for that. I've had a mental health problem before. It got really bad two or three years ago. Now I'm fine. Um, and I like sharing those stories as well because I didn't want it to be a doom and gloom um, approach mental health and, you know, and, and let's, let's be negative about it all and that sort of stuff. It's more um, not so much helping those with depression and anxiety. You know, that, that's obviously a, a huge, huge, huge aspect of what I was doing, but it was also... Uh, trying to educate those that are of a normal mind that you know that depression and that can happen to normal people you can go from being happy to depressed that can happen in your life so um, just following the processes of making sure you've got the a good mental health and if you are feeling bad that was the whole mantra it ain't weak to speak yeah yeah so what are you what was the overall outcome what was your your final thoughts and um, and where to from here that's a good question I mean overall it was really good. So uh, I called it the Kicking the Stigma Project, and that was, of course, in partnership with not only Livin, but it's important to mention uh, a guy named Clinton Hoffman, who's a local businessman in Darwin, and he sponsored a portion of the trip, and uh, he's developing an app at the moment called the If Project, and that's based on Rudyard Kipling's poem, If, and he talks about the different ways uh, we can combat mental health and not only that but it's also a lifestyle app just about for men where they talk about different ways I think I'm not too sure exactly on what his concrete plans are it's still in the developmental phase at the moment but that's Clinton Hoffman and he's doing a lot of work regarding that so I just thought it was important to mention him because he helped me out financially with that trip and he's got some great ideas so it'll be watch this space I think regarding how that all turns out um, and he's also a man that has a lot of great connections with the indigenous community as well so he'll uh, I imagine he's got plans to translate those apps into indigenous languages and help out uh, some of the mental health problems that we have in our communities so yeah I mean that's a big part of it then the living stuff as well um, that's that's sort of quietened off a little bit I haven't done much since I've finished my uh my mental health tour but at the same time with my football page and with the engagement that I have um, I'm more than happy to continue posting messages my sister uh, did a lot of photography when I did that Beyond Blue advertisement we took a lot of photos of the different footballers involved there with their signs saying um, you know reach out speak out uh, you know are you okay stuff like that and and one thing that I have to be clear is there's a lot of infighting and, and this is definitely not living but there's a lot of infighting between different mental health charities where it's like, oh, well, don't be an ambassador for them, be an ambassador for them. So this annoys anyone at Livin' or Beyond Blue or anything, but I couldn't care who I'm associated with. Like, it's not a, it's just the message, you know? I'm not making any money from what I'm doing. I don't plan to profit from uh, talking about mental health or anything like that. It's just a, a side project regarding sending the message out there. So um that that's sort of what i plan to do in the future you know there was if that meant with a registered organized charity that they wanted to give me a gig doing something or whatever yeah why not but at the same time i'm i'm happy just to spread the message if anyone out there um you know has a message to spread or a story to share or whatever be in contact and, and if we can help anyone then that's that's just all i'm looking at doing at the moment so if something comes up in terms of mental health, um, like a project that you can travel around and do stuff with to help promote uh, as an ambassador, I'm sure you'd take it. But would you travel around the country and play footy in every state again if you had your time, if you had the opportunity again? Or have the rules been changed and you can't do it now? <laughs> nah, well, I'm not too sure. That's an interesting one, Jacob, because obviously, you know I'm at a stage in my life now where I've got to get a little bit of stability regarding my job and stuff like that you know I mean 
look, reading between the lines, if I can make some money out of it, <laughs> not in, not because that's the important thing, but it, I'd just be too far out of pocket to do what I did this year, next yeah. year. But if there was a way of um, of being able to be financially reimbursed, whether it be for whatever reason, um, you know, I think it's an important message to spread and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, regarding, I, I still feel as strongly as ever regarding mental health and, and the stuff that I tried to do last year and, and would continue to do on my football page. So it's definitely not a case of, oh, well, I've done my mental health thing or anything like that. It's something that, you know, we're going to work on for years and years and years, I think, mental health. I think it's something that's, if anything, could be worse. It's something that we might have to put more time into because it's a whole other topic that we spoke about with social media um, and, and how there's a link between social media and depression and anxiety, I feel, because uh, there's a lot of people yeah, research comparing, comparing their lives. Exactly. There's concrete evidence showing that. So... Um, yeah, mental health is something that you know we haven't seen the end of, it, and I hope that every sporting organisation and school and and business can can get behind it. So you touched on a couple of minutes ago about the fact that mental health is not only negative. Most people, when they hear mental health, they just think mm. the negative side of it. But there's obviously a positive side of it. You can have positive mental health. Yeah. You can be mentally healthy. Um, what about people who are sitting there going, well, there's nothing, uh, you know, like I don't have any mental health issue, like any negative mental health, no mental health um, problem or, or illness. I'm, I'm feeling happy. Why can't I just be even more happy? Why can't I even be better? What mm. about those people? What do you think about positive mental health? Yeah, well, exactly. That is a thing. So my message for those people that say, hey, look, I'm, I'm on board with what you're doing, Jackson, but you're going to have to give me more of a buy-in because I don't have any depression or anxiety in my family I've never felt bad you know I'm happy to listen to where you're coming from my message to them would be just to be a helping hand for those that aren't and educate yourself regarding uh, plenty of literature out there on how depression and anxiety affect certain people so for those people it's just to be a little bit more open-minded regarding how certain people might feel and, and this is a message that I spread to whenever I'm talking to a kid who asked me about it and, and that's happened before when I've been down south or I've had um, you know, junior footballers in the room when I was been talking to them and it's so much different the message that you'd spread to a couple of 12 year old kids as opposed to adults and my message to them would just be like hey let's not tease the person that wore the same shirt three times in a row because who knows he might have sorry for the language he might have isatic parents there that you know domestic violence in his house going to school might be his outlet that might be the one bit of normalcy in that person's life and you know and if financial situations are hard for these 11 12 year olds and, and they've got to wear uh, you know the same clothes every day or, or or whatever other reason it's probably a poor example but the point is um, you know we've got to be very careful with what we're saying to other people in society um, because we don't know how you know I spoke to you before about that resilience and we just don't know how certain people are going to receive different bits so it sounds really I don't know lame or, or cheesy I suppose but just be good to people around you be a good person um, and and you know and I suppose with the mental health aspect that would be sort of branching into an anti-bully type thing for um, for kids as well because uh, I remember myself uh, even you know when I was probably in your class as well I remember that's the last thing on your mind you're always just thinking about yourself and, and maybe your friend but whenever um, you know, and I wasn't a bully or anything like that, but I'd be lying to say I've never teased a kid before, and mm -hmm. um, especially in primary school and stuff like that. And now I look back on it and think, well, shit, you know, did, did some of the kids that I teased, did, did they have, you know, family troubles at home or, or have they got a, a terminally ill parent or something like that? And, and it just makes me sort of feel bad now and think, you know, I had a nice childhood. I had nothing really bad happen to me, so why on earth me of any people would I be in a position where I should tease someone so that's how I feel I think it's important to acknowledge that I actually unless you're out full on being a bully like really hardcore mm. um, and from what you're saying like I know what you're talking about like I think everyone teases someone in their yeah. life and everyone gets teased at some point in their life that's fine I think it, what what you're saying is that it's just important like you know cut yourself some slack yeah. Um, you know, and you might feel bad for it, but the best thing you can do, or any of us can do, that might be feeling bad about teasing someone who did have it tough when we reflect back as adults, is to pass on that education to the next generation. Yeah. That's, that's all we can do is just say, hey, don't do that because, you know, then you don't know what that 
kid's background is. Or... And just to clarify, it's not a specific example that I'm thinking of. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. one kid that I kept hounding well, that I, I found I, out I, about his story or anything like that, but it's just something that I'm sure you can imagine uh, being a teacher yourself. There's plenty of kids that you'd look around the room and, and you'd see them getting teased and you'd know that kid's got a lot going on in his life and you'd just feel pretty helpless to it all thinking, wow, you know, I, I can't say to this kid, hey, look, don't tease him because he gets beaten up at home, you know, because he obviously you can't break that sort of confidentiality and, and unprofessionalism. So, um, yeah, it's just about getting the message out there that we, we don't know what people's backgrounds are. We don't know how people are feeling, how depressed or how happy they are. So uh, just be very careful with how much influence your words and actions can have. Well, Jackson, I want to acknowledge you and thank you and congr- congratulate you for the work you're doing for the Living Foundation, Beyond Blue, all the other work you're doing in general around mental health and suicide prevention and allowing people to talk and passing the message on that it ain't weak to speak. So um, well done. Um, before we go any further, is there, how is the best way for people to connect with you if people do want to get in touch or they want to find out more about you? Well, on Sunday mornings, tune in to Mix 104.9's Balls and All to hear myself, Jacob, Kieran and Cliff normally, depending on who can come into the studio, talking all the latest in sport. And sometimes we talk about stuff that you'll find in Mind Your Body as well. So the same audience may be interested. So tune in probably between 9 and 10, I'd say, Jacob, you're interested in stuff that doesn't involve heaps of football. But other than that, uh, if you are a football fan or want to connect regarding mental health and stuff like that, follow and chuck a like on NT Football with Jackson Clark or at Instagram at NT Footy. And of course, I'll get you to pass those details on to me and I'll link them up in the show notes afterwards. But we finish off every episode with a 10 and 10, 10 mm. quick questions. So oh. you've got 10 seconds or less to answer each one. This I've will be only, fun. I've only just started doing the 10 in 10. It was just 10 questions before, but I'm covering it up because yeah. I've been writing notes. So <laughs> you're not allowed to know. I don't like doing these ones in person because you can see what I'm writing. So the Well, stuff I didn't I'm, have any prior warning and I haven't seen anything <laughs> you've written down. So don't worry. This will be a surprise well, to I me. Well, I prefaced it to you just for the audience by saying I'm taking dot points as to you know how you read on there in this episode you'll learn so the stuff on the left hand side will be that but the stuff on the right uh, is my questions which I'm going to ask and the reason why I'm covering it up is because I want it to be the first thing that yeah, comes to yeah my eyes me. are closed don't worry Jacob there's nothing that's going to I'm going to throw you under the bus <laughs> although I should because you do that to me plenty of times on air go for your life um, and the last question will be so these are all not the first nine are related to what you've spoken about mm-hmm. um, I've just taken some dot points the last one will be a question which I ask everybody mm-hmm. okay and that's that's the one my favourite one alright so all good for it yep Number one, what would you say to a kid wanting to get into journalism? How would you, what, what tip or advice would you give them? Network, be a strong person, be resilient, social media, and follow whatever trends are happening in the USA, if you're an Australian. Number two, what do you really think of Mix 104.9? Great, great staff there, great leadership. Uh, the other presenters there are very selfless as well, very... Uh, good at helping out other people despite not having to be asked number three law of attraction untapped potential four brain power <laughs> untapped potential there's so <laughs> much that people don't know in my opinion and this is not coming from an expert this is something that I'm trying to find out but athletes could do a lot to research this stuff number five Conor McGregor <sighs> misunderstood but an absolute legend <laughs> MMA my favourite sport mental health an important issue in society especially young indigenous people number eight your mates Uh, diverse (laughs) good blokes interesting insightful number nine what does kicking the stigma really mean it's my fancy play on words I was trying to work out a way to incorporate football and mental health and kicking the stigma I was I felt I gave my sister who's one of the smartest people I know dominated year 12 dominating veterinarian science I gave her a list of I asked her for some suggestions she came back with about 20 and then I read all of them didn't rate them come up with kicking the stigma and felt like a genius you came up with it yeah do you feel bad when you do that no (laughs) because I do when you ask someone you for all these ideas what do you think's the best and you give them a whole bunch of ideas and then they're like Give you, give you their answer and you go, actually, no, I'm going to go with something completely different. <laughs> I'm grateful for the effort my sister put in. <laughs> and number 10, the last one. So if you could go back in time or forward in time, which would it be? 
And then I want some details around why if there's a person or something. Just to clarify, if I go forward in time, can I come back? <laughs> That's funny. The people who say that, who go, I'm going to go forward in time, always ask if they can come back. Well, why wouldn't you? But What's no, the point of going forward? Well, the people who go back in time never ask if they can come back into the present. Nah, because why would you? <laughs> Clearly going back is better. You could change everything. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yes, yeah, so you can go forward. It's just you're going forward in time to experience maybe 24 hours. No, nah, well, I'm, I'm not going to give you a smart-ass answer. So I'm sure the obvious one is, oh, I'd get the lotto, I'd get the stock market and correctly predict that. Uh, if I was mine, I would go back to when I was 14, 15 years old and probably I wish I knew, had the same mentality, be more open-minded about trying new things and uh, if I wish I had more self-belief. And yep. probably maybe pissed off a few less people in my journalism <laughs> and stuff, but even that's on the edge a little bit. A few of the ones I've pissed off, yeah, whatever. I, I'd, I'd say something else if you could swear on this show, but it's all good. <laughs> well, Jackson, thank you for joining us on the Mind Your Body podcast. Anytime. Are you frustrated that no matter how much you try, no matter how good you plan to eat, no matter how much you intend to exercise, you just can't seem to stay on track with your health and fitness goals? Do you feel like your best of intentions to have more energy and feel better about yourself results in having even less energy and feeling down? What if there was something you were missing? What if eating healthy was actually enjoyable? What if you looked forward to exercise? What if moving more could actually be really easy? I've put together a free ebook just for you, detailing the strategies for having more energy and feeling better about yourself. And I want to give it to you absolutely free. To get instant access absolutely free, simply visit jacobandre.com. That's J-A-C-O-B-A-N-D-R-E-A-E.com.